Welcome to the next installment of the Farza Misbahi podcast. Today, I have the great Todd Stone. Todd runs a YouTube channel called The Cybertruck Truck Guy, where he uh, has spent uh, a lot of time covering Cybertruck's impact to really truck culture and all the different things that make that product what it is and its, and its potential down the line. So, Todd, I really want to thank you for uh, joining me today. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Um, I guess we can just start with. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen some of these articles coming through, but there's been like talk of like all these uh, potential delays that are going to happen with the Cybertruck. I think they're saying they're going to push it down to like 2023 for production. Um, have you been keeping up on those news at all? And then, if so, I wonder what your take is on on that. Do you think that's a legit thing? It seems like rumors. I think Elon's supposed to give a give a product roadmap update on the quarterly call. But have you been hearing about that at all? Well, I mean, I heard about the stuff that just came out yesterday where they removed the 2022 um, delivery or production start date. And I know that, you know, Elon did say that he was going to do an update on the Cybertruck or on a product map. Um, so in the next conference call, I don't think that's been confirmed yet. He That was a tweet. So I think that, you know, in my mind, the Cybertruck getting delayed is probably an inevitable when you're talking about um, doing something that's so kind of revolutionary and large. It's a large vehicle. They haven't, it's, you know, they're, they're dealing with larger giga castings, everything they're dealing with a different material. They're dealing with a different process. So I'm not that surprised that it's gotten delayed um, or I won't be surprised if it's, if it's delayed. I think that the Cybertruck isn't very practical unless they have the 4680 line producing. So I think there's some of that where they, the 4680 line is a real important um, key component to making the Cybertruck work because you really do need greater energy density. You need more range. I mean, with a truck, you really need that additional power that the 4680 is going to deliver. So I suppose I'm sure different people have different attitudes about it. I, for me, the Cybertruck is is a very unique vehicle, and I'm not tempted to, you know, cancel my reservations and get something else. But there might be people that are. I so far, I would be surprised if we don't see we're seeing delays with Rivian. Right, they're having a hard time getting spun up. Um, we'll see about Ford. We'll see what the F-150 production is like. But my anticipation is that some people might beat the Cybertruck to market, but from a scale standpoint, I think Cybertruck, it's going to be kind of, you know, tortoise and hare sort of thing. I think the Cybertruck, once it gets going, it's going to way outproduce what other vehicle makers can do. That's my anticipation. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and as somebody that that has been so on your channel, I think on your description, you, you say that you've been really part of that. You know, you've been a truck owner for uh, over ten years. Is that right? You've been uh, managing a yep. fleet of trucks as well. Yep. Um, yep. And so, so let's. I'm very very curious to walk through that uh, line of logic. So it's like, okay, so we know the the F one fifty sounds like it might be released either this year or maybe I think and I think they announced doubling the production to one hundred fifty thousand cars a year. Um, you don't see that as being a material impact to the Cybertruck's long-term demand. So no. like say all these like Ford fanatics, GM, you know, these, these usual, um, the, the truck culture, you know, the folks that are used to buying those, those trucks, you don't see that as being a, an impact. 
No, because so this has been one of the things that I think is brilliant about the Cybertruck is that um, I think it was really smart that Tesla decided that they weren't going to try and take on trucks um, in they were going to try and compete against other truck strengths. They were going to try and compete according to Tesla's strengths and according to what Tesla's market and consumer base is. Mm-hmm. So I think that, so the first thing you got to realize is that domestically trucks represent about 3 million vehicles a year, pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're talking about Ford initially started out with a 40,000 unit run rate, and then they doubled it to an 80,000 unit run rate, and then they've doubled it again now to 150 or 160,000 unit run rate target. We don't know how long it's going to take them to get there. They didn't say they'll be at 150,000 in six months or a year or two years or three. We don't know. Mm -hmm. And we know from how difficult ramping battery and electric vehicle production has been for other automakers that there's probably going to be some limits to what they can produce in terms of batteries and how many units they can produce. So the Cybertruck is very unique in its value proposition. And it has a bunch of different factors that make it unlike any other vehicle that exists. And so people that want the Cybertruck specifically, the other offerings are not attractive in general. Now, there's going to be some crossover uh, but the Cybertruck has some very, very unique components to it that make it exceptional. And I think people will really wait and buy it in, in as high volumes as they've been reserving it. Okay. So on that last statement, so being being part of that sort of truck culture, what, what are those what are those things? What are those variables that the Cybertruck has that makes it so attractive to to a to the typical truck buyer, the pickup truck buyer? So I think that the first thing you have to realize is that truck culture has expanded significantly in the last 10 or 15 years. Okay. So what, what's been happening is that full-size trucks have been displacing large SUVs on a very aggressive scale, especially in what I call truck land, the American Midwest, the South, Southeast and Southwest, especially. So if you, if you drive through my neighborhood and I live in you know suburban Kansas city, you will see more full-size, what I call suburban SUV alternative pickup trucks. That means they're full-size cab and they're not the base models. They're not stripped down utilitarian work vehicles. They're basically, they're replacing SUVs. And so I think that the what happens is can't remember the exact number, but I think it's like 85 or 90% of people, once they buy a pickup truck, they never switch back to another vehicle. Because mm-hmm. what happens is once you get a pickup truck, you, you really grow to appreciate the utilitarian aspects that it has. And if you're, um, depending on what market you're in, you want something that's going to be give you a, a lot of flexibility. So it's got the cargo area where you can put your dogs or you can put all your gear and it doesn't mess up the inside of the... SUV, you know, for, you know, in my neck of the woods, every fall football is a big deal and you're running kids to and back from football, bringing blocking dummies and all that other stuff. And pickup trucks are great for all the kind of soccer mom type stuff that people do. And then you have the contracting side or the construction side, and that's been the traditional side. And I think that's where you'll have 
more resistance to the Cybertruck because of some utilitarian components, but because I think the Cybertruck is targeting um, the suburban market and the recreational market, I think that people will really want to buy the Cybertruck for those markets. Then contractors will buy them. Some will, some won't. But um, it's not, it only represents about a third of the pickup truck market. And people tend to think pickups are owned by contractors. Yeah, about a third. But two thirds are suburban. Um, Two thirds of trucks are being sold into the, yeah, people like me. Interesting. And so if you were to guess, so like that two thirds uh, that's remaining, that's not construction workers or, you know, for construction or- Fleet, uh, yeah, contracting, yeah. Yeah, so like that remaining two thirds, what percentage of those do you think are those folks that made the switch from the large SUV or SUV segment to pickup trucks? Like gut feel, is that 50%, 40%? Yeah, 50, 50 to 75%. Wow, so it's, so it's like majority. Yeah, so it's also it's also ex minivan people. So you see, you don't hardly see minivans anymore. That's true. You don't hardly, you do see small SUVs crossovers, but families tend to want, Either in my area, they want, they like full-size pickup trucks or large SUVs. And the full-size pickup trucks are now by far, they're they're selling way more of those than the full-size SUVs, than the, you know, than the Explorers or Expeditions. Um, there's way more F-150s in my neighborhood than there are those larger SUVs. Now, I know that's anecdotal, but I'm just saying that's, you see that in the sales numbers too that a lot of people buy these higher end full-size cab um, yeah. trucks instead of minivans and SUVs. So it's, it's like, there's an analogy between going from, or I guess in my head, the way I'm thinking about it is like going from a SUV or a large car to a pickup truck and never wanting to go back is sort of the same analogy. A Tesla owner can say like, once they drive a Tesla, they don't want to go back. Right. right? So is that sort of like yep. way of thinking about it? Okay. And so the, the thing, so I have people that have lived in the South. So I have a very good friend of mine, his name's Keith. Um, if he ever watches this video, I'm, I'm sure he's happy that I name dropped him, but, uh, he's, uh, he's from Georgia. He grew up in Georgia and, uh, you know, uh, from my understanding, I, I've never lived there, but my, from my understanding, truck culture is actually, you know, pretty big there as well, but he's like convinced that the cyber truck's not going to work because, um, truck owners are diehard for GM Ram Toyota owners. Do you think, so is that kind of a myth nowadays because of that expansion of the market? How, how do you think about that? Yeah. I think what people don't appreciate is how Tesla is going to expand truck culture. So I think that's, that's the thing everyone's missing is they're thinking that all the pickup truck buyers are going to be coming from these hardcore legacy brand people that in a, it depends where you're at. So if you're more, is Keith more in a rural area? Uh, he grew up now. He was like outside of like the suburb Atlanta, I think, uh, okay. like North, North Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. So I know that in the, in the rural areas, people there's, they really identify the brand of their truck is a big deal. The more I would say my experience is the more suburban you get, the mm-hmm. more people are, they're looking at trucks more. Yes. They would tend to stay with the brand that they already have. But it's not that if something else comes along, I know a lot of people that have, for instance, for a long time, the Ram brand was sort of considered crap. And then Ram did a bunch of redesigns and they 
they really, they really upped their game big time. And all of a sudden they started taking market share because the truck was, they had, they added all these luxury features. They added air suspension. They did all these things. They got, they upped their quality and all of a sudden they started to expand their, their share. And overall, every year, the share of pickup trucks is expanding. And so what Tesla is going to do is they're going to dramatically expand the, the number of people that want to buy trucks. So my guess is it's somewhere around a third to 50% of Cybertruck reservation holders are, are truck people and a third to 50% are new to truck culture. You know, and, that, and that's so funny you mentioned that because I have a reservation for the Cybertruck and I would have never in a million years thought I would ever own a, a pickup truck. But, exactly. you know, I, I'm part of that one third to 50%. And so when you have those... I'm curious, is that a recurring theme when you talk to people? Like, do you do you come across um, like first time, potential oh, first time buyers? Okay, tons. tell me more about that. I, I yeah, so, so I did a little video, I don't know why, I haven't been doing videos very consistently over the last little bit because of snow and COVID and other stuff. But the last video I did was about why I think the Cybertruck will be the number one selling pickup truck. And the reason is, is because it's, it's, it's stealing share. So for instance, one group of people that are really going to like the Cybertruck are people that have wanted a pickup truck before, but have been intimidated by um, the size of the pickup truck. Because if you've ever been in a, have you driven a pickup truck before, Farza? No, actually, yeah, I did for like a day because we were moving stuff, but it was, uh, it was a little, it was a little difficult to drive. It's, but I think you just got to get used to it, but I can see it's, how it can be intimidating. Correct. It's intimidating. It's yeah. intimidating. The trucks, trucks are intimidating because they're so, they're bigger. And so getting the steering right and where this is especially problematic is when you're parking. So you notice it most when you're in a, a parking lot and you're trying to get in, you know, a specific area. Well, the Cybertruck is going to have four-wheel steering and torque vectoring. It's going to be the tightest turning truck that exists. Most people don't, they don't understand what a big deal that is. But this will make the Cybertruck will steer as if you're driving a car. You'll feel like you're driving a car. You'll be able to put it in places easier, more intuitively. Um, then, then you can with a regular pickup truck. And when people test drive it, they'll be like, it's a big pickup truck, but I can drive it. It's like, it's like an SUV. It drives like an SUV. So that's one group of people that are really going to want this. The other group of people are, are off-road people that do off-roading. You can, my background here is my Tacoma. I go off-roading with it on a regular basis. I take it into remote areas and the, um, there have not been any good full size. So the Raptor, the Ford Raptor is an off-road pickup truck. It's very expensive, $80,000, $85,000. But what people don't realize about the Raptor is that in order for it to have the really compliant suspension that makes it good off-road, you have to, it dramatically reduces your payload and towing capacity. So people really, people that want a truck that want to also take it off road. It's frustrating because they have to make all these trade-offs to have, they want a full size truck, but they want to take it off road, but they don't want to give up all the payload and towing capacity by putting a really good off-road suspension on it. Well, the cyber truck actually, because of its uh, adaptive air suspension will make it a very, very capable off-road vehicle, but 
it's got uh, it's got a payload capacity that's on par with an F two fifty, which is a three quarter ton. That's a work truck. Thirty five hundred pounds payload capacity is massive for uh, a vehicle that can go off road. The only other vehicle that has a payload capacity of thirty five hundred pounds that can go off road that's a full size vehicle is a Humvee. That's it. That's it. Wow. So go ahead. Sorry. So there's all these little groups of people. Each group might only be 25,000 buyers, 50,000 buyers a year. But you start pulling a group here, a group here, a group here. Another, I live, you know, I do snow removal. I live in the snow belt, ice belt more than the snow belt. Corrosion is a big, big deal with our trucks. They, they usually, oftentimes our trucks corrode out before they break down mechanically. And so people like me that live in the North, the mid, the Midwest, the North, the Northeast, they're loving the fact that you have this stainless steel exoskeleton that's not going to corrode out. So there's all these little things about the Cybertruck that are so brilliant that people don't understand that are just going to make it very desirable for both people that own trucks now, but a lot of people that have owned other vehicles and they make compromises and they're very excited to have a truck now that can do all the different things. So it can it can be a better suburban vehicle than an SUV. It can be a better off-road vehicle than a Raptor. It can, it'll last a long time because it doesn't corrode, not to mention the operating costs. It actually, yeah. the torque will make it have more pulling capacity than a diesel. So it's going to have as much torque as um, a diesel pickup truck, which for people that aren't in the truck world, that doesn't mean anything, but diesel trucks have much more torque, making it much better for towing. So the Cybertruck will be an exceptional towing vehicle, especially that's where in-town towing, people think about long-range towing because most people think about campers and boats and stuff like that. But a lot of towing is in-town. Commercial towing is in-town towing. So what you want is something that has a lot of torque, but you don't need 300 miles of range with your tow vehicle. You only need 120, 140, 160. And that's great because every day the truck comes back to the shop. So now you have something that can tow as good as a diesel and it's a fraction of the cost to operate. There's all these little categories that the Cybertruck is actually going to attack that people don't understand. That's really interesting. So it almost sounds like there is a, um, there's, and, and so I had, I know nothing about the, the, how trucks are sub-segmented and everything. That's why I wanted to talk to you so bad, but it sounds like not all trucks are created equal, right? You have these specific, each truck sub-segment is specialized in a certain thing, be it towing, uh, uh, being able to carry a lot of people with a big cab, off-roading. Yep. Um, you have a bunch of different uh, specialized use cases for a truck where, where it sounds like the cyber truck could potentially have its biggest advantage is that it seems to bring all of these Correct. together under one roof. It's much more right. of a Swiss army knife of a vehicle than most trucks. Correct. Got it. And you don't think that's well understood? Not at all. Well, it's well understood by the people making reservations. Okay. So okay. people, people think the reservation count is some kind of a gimmick or a game. It's not, it's people that are, that use vehicles for different reasons. And they look at the cyber truck for a lot of reasons and say, this ticks the box. And also the status component. Trucks are a status thing, especially in truck land. And um, people, some people are like, oh, the Cybertruck is ugly and no one's going to want it. Well, a lot of people think that Cybertruck looks badass. It looks cool. It looks tough. 
looks futuristic. And so it's also kind of, it's going to, it's going to, people are going to want to own it for the bling factor. If you, you're, you're now in Austin. So I'm sure you've seen some trucks that are blinged out. Oh my God. Some of them are taller than my house. (laughs) And so there's a bling factor in that, in that world. People spend more money on aftermarket upgrades of trucks than by far than any other vehicle. There's whole businesses, whole, you go, you can go into any uh, market like Austin or Kansas city. And there's dozens of little shops that they, their business is based on just doing truck uh, aftermarket upgrades. So the, the, the amount of people will spend money on trucks like they won't, on other vehicles. There's a different attitude in truck owners in general about how much you'll spend and what the truck represents as part of kind of your identity than regular vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a big eye opener for me when I moved to Austin was it seems like more than every other car, it seems like it's a pickup truck and they're all like different shapes and sizes, you know? Um, Yep. It was so interesting to see. And what's even even more interesting is, so my my next door neighbor, um, he he fits that uh, sort of uh, thing you said where he has a truck, but he's customized so many different things about it. You know, he's got, I think he's got new shocks, new headers, like a bunch of different stuff in it. And he's constantly talking about it. He's like, you know, I, I'm looking to do this. And we had another neighbor. He it's has his life. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big part of, he's proud. It's a of hobby. It. It's a hobby. It's he's not his life, but it's a hobby. It. Yeah. 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 He's, um, he's very proud of it. And I think, I think it's a man, if I get the brand wrong, if he listens to this, I feel like he might show up on my house and like knocking my teeth. I think he has a Chevy, pretty sure he has a Chevy. Um, but, but it's so interesting. Like it, it sounds like Tesla. Cause one of my concerns with the Cybertruck initially was like, it doesn't seem like Tesla, like I'm, I'm hoping they did their homework. Right. Because of all the things I've heard, like, oh, uh, truck culture, people are for GM, Ram, die hard. You're not going to be able to enter the market. But it does sound like Tesla has done, has really done their homework on what what really is the truck market? You know, what really are we getting ourselves into? And well, I think what they about- did is they said, we're not going to specifically try and compete against Ford, Chevy and Ram. I think they thing. said, we're going to go out. We're going to create a vehicle that is tougher and has more a better performance metrics is going to be lower cost to operate yeah. but we're going to do it in a in a design that we think will be attractive to a broad group of people yes some truck people but also a lot of new truck candidates so in my mind I think it's brilliant because they're not going to try and take Ford on they're not going to try and take GM on. They're not going to try and take Ram on on their own thing. They're they're going to compete on Tesla's terms. And to me, that's why the design is so brilliant because it's so distinctive, you know, for lack of another yeah. word. But it's yeah. so distinctive that you're really you're saying we're not trying to compete with these guys on the on on their terms according to their model. And I just think that I think it's I think that the reservation count stands. It, it's a testament to yeah. and, it, and it keeps growing and the reservations keeps growing. And, and Elon has said multiple times he thinks it could be their most successful vehicle ever. And the more I came to understand 
the Cybertruck, the more I felt extremely strong that it was it was going to it was going to become the number one truck, at least in, in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Here you talk about it really drives home the point of what what are the game changing features about it? You know, the the combination of the different specialties is something I never knew. That's what one of the main attractions was for the car. But it makes a lot of sense. I heard I saw a video. You're familiar with Sandy Monroe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and his channel, you know, he he talked about how his own sort of what he's excited for is taking the thing off road because it likes going, you know, off road and everything. I'm like, okay, cool. So that's one person that's like looking to use that vehicle for a specific thing. And then I would hear other people talk about, you know, I'm excited to add it to my fleet, you know, have a business where I can use these vehicles for the fleet. But it, for some reason, it didn't click in my head that this is all one car. You know, it's all one vehicle. Um, and what you didn't understand necessarily is that historically, those are very different vehicles. So the little that's vehicle exactly right. the background there, that little, that Tacoma, yeah. the reason I bought that, I, so I had an F-250, a three-quarter ton of work truck before I bought this. And I really wanted, you know, I really wanted something that could go off-roading. And the problem with now my, this is that now I have a very limited payload yeah. It's very small. It's a great off-road vehicle, but I've had to make a bunch of trade-offs in order to um, get the truck, the off-road truck I wanted. I had to make a bunch of trade-offs on the other side. The beauty of the Cybertruck is I don't have to make any trade-offs. I get I get to have a, a very high capacity, high towing capacity, high payload capacity, large truck that will be as, you know, it'll be as good as my Tacoma off-road, except in some space-limited situations. It'll be better because it'll have more ground clearance, better torque vectoring on the wheels, four wheel steering. Yeah, it's going to have the whole astonishing off road capabilities. Yeah. Now, 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 I will always wonder why do people have multiple pickup trucks in their driveway? Now, I now I think I understand. Well, it's we, because you know, I have this one. My wife has a full size one. Yeah. So we have we're a we're a pickup truck family. Yeah. But yes, that's why because. Because they for different purposes. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's think about this then. So this is an basically a, a, a you know you have a jack of all trades, uh, master of all. <laughs> it seems situation kind of kind of deal. What? So when you think about Ford F one hundred and fifty Lightning, um, GM's uh, uh, solutions, and the other right. automakers, what what like? Are they going to be able to compete? Like, do we are we are we going to go into another situation where Tesla Model Three or Tesla Model S comes out and then everything else just cannot? I think the F one fifty. I think I, I'm not impressed so far by GM. I okay. wasn't impressed by the truck they just came out with. Yeah. Um, they haven't they haven't been impressing me. The F one fifty Lightning is pretty impressive. Okay. Um, so what Ford did with the F one fifty Lightning. They embraced what their competitive core competitive advantages are. So the F one fifty Lightning is going to be a brilliant fleet vehicle, brilliant. Um, so they've 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 developed their own fleet management software mm-hmm. that is very appealing to fleet managers because it's going to integrate their fleet management into a comprehensive sort of digital fleet management suite. Mm-hmm. And the uh, there's some. So Cybertruck, I particularly love 
the fact that it's got the the high slope the slope bed with the integrated tonneau cover on back there's a lot of reasons i really like that but there's some disadvantages from a commercial standpoint um which is a aftermarket upfits won't f- they're you know they don't they're not designed for the cyber truck people will have to redesign upfit packages just for the cyber truck and the the fact that the f150 has kept the classic design with the classic bed shape makes it so it's going to be a lot easier to do upfits so on the fleet side people usually want to add racks shelves um different systems into the beds of their trucks and the f-150 lightning is going to accommodate that that's one reason i was a little i was puzzled by chevy's design because they went with kind of a sloped bed design that is not doesn't make it really ideal for fleet and and um it's similar to the design of their avalanche truck which they made back in the early 2000s and um it's fine but it, it i don't know it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't seem like it it offers a lot of value to a specific audience whereas i think the f150 lightning really does so i think the other thing that i think we're going to see with uh ford is i think they're going to probably invest more heavily in hybrids and mm-hmm. while hybrids don't necessarily make as much sense for cars there's some real key advantages why they make sense for pickup trucks so because if you can do a hybrid you overcome um, towing range issues. Um, and that's a big thing with pickup trucks that are used in towing. So mm-hmm. they're, and the other thing is on-demand power. Basically they're using these as generators that mm-hmm. can run job sites or can run RVs and that kind of thing, or can run your house if you lose power, you know, like you guys did whatever it was a couple of years ago. Um, so that to me, I think Ford, I don't see it. I don't think GM has made a hybrid truck, but Ford has just released a hybrid truck. Now it's only got a one kilowatt hour battery. And I think for them to really, for them to get the synergy of an EV with a hybrid, they probably need to get that up to probably 10 to 20 kilowatt hours. But I can see a really strong path for Ford that, that focuses on fleet and focuses on um, hybrids. And that that could be very compelling for Ford. I don't. I GM is. I'm still. I don't get it. I don't get GM at all. I'm very. I'm very puzzled by their strategy. Ford seems way further ahead. Okay, so they're they're much more aware of what of what market they're trying to hit, whereas GM yeah. seems to be competing much more closely to what the Cybertruck is going to do, Correct. and the Cybertruck already trumps it in multiple areas. It sounds Correct. like. Okay. Yeah, and the Rivian, honestly. I think the Rivian is sure. a much better high I think the Rivian is a much better value than the new um GM truck. Okay. Um so for for outside of those, they haven't said what the specs of this forty thousand dollar truck are gonna be. So that has me very suspect about GM's like, you know, so we'll see what what that looks like. But yeah. Um yeah, okay. I think Rivian has a really good. I, I'm I'm pretty. I I think Rivian the Rivian truck is is going to be a strong candidate, and the Rivian, yeah. you know, they look good. Ford looks good. Those okay. those to me are the leaders. I also think, um, 
I'll be, I'll be really surprised if we don't see BYD try and actually get into the pickup truck space. Um, they make right now they make, they make big trucks, they make buses and um, they're doing a lot of large uh, they're, they've, they're making semis, they're doing all kinds of stuff. And I think that they're um, they have the, they have based on what I can tell, they have some of the best battery technology um, mm-hmm. in China. Um, so with the new blade system, and I think that, I think that I, I would not be, and I'll be surprised to see BYD go after, especially that small truck, that mi- the midsize truck category, yeah. which, yeah. so I don't think they're going to try and compete in the U S on full-size trucks, but I think they could definitely try and compete on those smaller trucks. Got it. So I didn't know that about BYD. So thanks for mentioning that. The so I guess if we're trying to like fast forward a little bit and seeing what the truck market's gonna look like. So is it gonna be a situation where Cybertruck, and I, this is just me thinking out loud, okay? Cybertruck is gonna be sort of the the catch-all category. And then when people want very specific things out of their their trucks, they're gonna go either fleet with Ford. Off-road with Rivian, right? Because I think that's their big, their yep. big thing is like adventure, yep. right? Yep. Um, and then whatever other subcategories. Whereas today, uh, you have very specific subsegments, right? It's like it's like yep. I I want this specifically for for off-roading. I want this specifically for hauling. Yep. Whereas Cybertruck is going to be uh, if you want eighty percent of everything. Right. That's what I think. Cybertruck. The eighty percent okay. rule. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so and so. Then that that means Cybertruck is best selling truck in the in the country. I I believe so. Once they ramp, yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. So F one fifty, I think sold nine hundred thousand last year. Something yeah, like that. F series. That's the whole. Uh, well, I'm oh, not two fifty. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. F two fifty. F three fifty. But okay. yeah, F one fifty is probably three quarters of that, and then the rest right. are work kind of heavier duty trucks. Yeah. So, so are we talking like, are we talking that level of Cybertruck sales per year, like half a million to 750,000? Is that sort of where, where you're seeing the numbers? Yeah. I think okay. if they, so I think that what Tesla is trying to do is they're trying to wrap their brain around the reservation count and they're trying yeah. to figure out how, how, how much of that is actually going to turn into actual sales. Now, my guess is they have some good understanding how that will shape up based on other Teslas. But um, I do know that a lot of people have made multiple Cybertruck reservations and they may or may not be able to actually execute on those. So I think there is a little bit of, there's a little bit of not knowing for sure how this is going to shape up. What I think is going to happen is that they're going to, I think if you exclude hybrids, so I think Ford will still sell more trucks than the Cybertruck. And I think as they do more hybrids, that mm-hmm. they'll probably be able to sell a lot of hybrids, especially over the next 10 years. I think mm-hmm. hybrids will sell very, hybrid pickups will sell very well over the next 10 years. Um, so my guess is that the Cybertruck as an electric truck probably will get to between 250 and 500,000 units before 2026, 2027. Okay. So I just think they're going to be producing. So that's my caveat is that if Ford's only putting 20 kilowatt hour batteries in their hybrids, they can sell a lot more of them, right? Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're, they're stretching their battery supplies out. 
So right. I very much expect that's what Ford's going to do to stretch the battery supply and to produce trucks and to give people say 70% of the value of an EV um, yeah. and also help them overcome that range anxiety that they have around towing. So, yeah. But if you go, if you say a hundred percent on a hundred percent battery, battery truck side, my guess is, yeah, it'll look something like half a million cyber trucks, 250,000 to 350,000 Fords. And then I don't know how the rest of it will shape up 50,000 to a hundred thousand a year of Rivians. Um, and I don't, I don't, as far as I know, Ram Stellantis, I've seen nothing from them. Yeah. And like I said, the GM stuff has been baffling. Yeah. Cause I don't get yeah. it. I don't, I don't G- get GM's plan. GM's been odd on multiple fronts, you know, yeah. just the way some of their messaging. And, and I want to preface by saying, I want GM to succeed. I really want to, I don't want we have a big GM company. plant in town. So yeah, I really it's want them a to lot succeed. of jobs. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's people's people, go, you know, go there for a living and you don't never want that, that company to, to go under or really impact right. people's livelihoods. That's the last thing we all want. But, um, you know, I, I am concerned about their overall approach, um, of, of how they're handling things. But, um, the, the one thing I'm, I'm, so the one thing I want to bring up, so on one of the, on one of the videos I posted, we, we had a great comment where it seems like you're convinced that Tesla is going to have two different versions of the cyber truck there's going to have like a bigger one like the current yeah. version and a smaller version um talk me through why you think that's that's such a you're so confident about that is it is it to like fill in those other niches that we talked about i'm curious to hear well so first of all i think the cyber truck production i think sandy monroe when um he when they first came out with the design he said it's going to cost substantially less to build a cyber truck than a conventional pickup truck because they're not painting. They're not, they're not going to paint it. They're going to use, uh, they're going to bend the metal. The design is super simple. And so he was saying that the production building on a production line was about half to two thirds less than a pickup truck line. So to me, the cyber design is going to be a very popular design. So that, and I think that's going to be because it's durable and it's going to be low, much lower cost for Tesla to make it. So then you go, okay, well, not everyone, the Cybertruck as revealed is a big vehicle. Works great in rural areas, works pretty good in suburban areas, does not work very well in urban areas and does not work very well in Europe, does not work very well in Asia. But those those markets, they sell a lot more. My truck there in the background of mm-hmm. my um, screen, the what they call the midsize trucks. And although that's 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 actually the fastest growing segment of the truck market, and it is um, it is very popular for people that don't need a full size pickup truck. So they don't they don't need the space, they don't need the size, they don't need the towing, the payload. They want something that has longer range, they want something that's lower cost. So basically, you Tesla could make a I'm just calling it a cyber mini, um, but they could make a cyber mini and probably charge, you know, five thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars less per vehicle. And it would be uh, a it would be going into a market that's the fastest growing truck market in the world, which are these mid-sized trucks, and it would be a global vehicle. So it would be a vehicle that could sell in Europe, 
would be a vehicle I could sell in Asia because of, you know, how, especially Europe where you have narrower um, roads and you have, maybe you don't need full-size trucks. Full-size truck market really is pretty much North American. If they're not really popular anywhere else than the North America. So you really want to do a smaller truck for the global market. That makes way more sense for the global market. That's why. Got it. And it'll be so cheaper kinda, to make. Okay. So it's kind of like a model three to model Y in reverse. So model three came out Correct. and then they used, you know, 75% or whatever number Elon said of the components or, or, you know, tooling or whatever, <coughs> excuse me, part of the process to get the model Y out, but it was a bigger vehicle and that allowed them to enter into the fastest growing segment of the, you know, SUV versus exactly. sedan. SUV was much, but now Cybertruck's reversed. Cybertruck, they're going to yeah. come out with a big one first to satisfy that. And then they're going to use the tooling and the expertise, 75% of that knowledge exactly. and use that. I can, to, it's yeah. inevitable in my mind. There's no okay. way they won't do it. Not a single truck maker, not a single full-size truck maker does not have a mid-size vehicle. They all have mid-size. Ford has the Ranger, Toyota has the Tacoma, um, GM has the Canyon, Colorado Canyon. Um, yeah. They, you know, uh, maybe maybe Ram doesn't. Does Ram? Yeah, Ram doesn't. That's it. All, everyone else does. I just, I cannot see why. I, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, especially since the, it it makes so much more sense in, in other markets because of the their infrastructure yeah. and the need of the people. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. very eye-opening stuff, Todd, because this is stuff that I just I you know it it's really valuable for me because when I try to model out Cybertruck and trying to figure out, you know, I do these like stupid little uh financial models where I'm trying to figure out what the stock price is going to be. I've been doing it for like since like 2013, 2014, since I discovered the company. And Cybertruck, it's always been a mystery for me. Um, and having you sort of break it down so well is 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 really really helpful for me to understand its its true potential. And and I'm curious, like overall, like so everything that we've just discussed, you know, like how how the Cybertruck's going to fit in the market, how it's um, how it's going to do against competition, its future volumes, uh, its success. Uh, what percentage success, like if you were to guess, okay, I'm, I'm hundred percent confident, I'm 80% confident that this, the whole thing is going to play out the way I just, you know, you just described what's that percentage, like how confident are Cyber you? Truck was the catalyst for me to become an investor in Tesla. So, uh, okay. So that was, that so, was a catalyst. Cause I saw, I saw it as something that was going to blow people away. A part of the reason I started doing my channel is I was so frustrated by normal Tesla people that were, you know, tech people that were trying to trying to understand the value of the Cybertruck and they all they couldn't get past the aesthetics. And they didn't understand, yes, aesthetics are one component, but people buy trucks for specific reasons. And um and there was all these advantages the Cybertruck had that made it very compelling. People also say I I'm I want to I just have a theory that there's all these people that say, oh, people won't buy a Tesla. You know, they're Ford people, they're GM people. I'm like, wait until I let them drive my Cybertruck. Just wait. Mm. Just wait. I Because the the way the Cybertruck's going to drive, I'm so excited. It's going to be the most revolutionary vehicle in terms of its drive quality that we've, in the history of vehicles. It's, it's bringing 
standard options that are exotic right now that you have to pay thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars for, or you can't get, they're going to be standard on these. It's, it's going to, people are going to be blown away. I'm blown away now because I understand the, the, what it, what it's going to bring in terms of drive quality. Yeah. But people that don't think about this stuff, they don't think about suspension and steering and torque vectoring and all this other stuff. They're just going to get in and they're going to drive and go, this is like the most luxurious car, the most high performance vehicle, tighter turning. I can carry a family of six. I can load it down on vacation and it still drives like a sports car. That's amazing. So yeah, I'm hundred percent confident in the cyber truck. Wow. I mean, and, and you know, this conversation sort of, sort of leads, leads, um, you know, because Elon has talked about in the past how excited he is to build a Cybertruck and mm-hmm. how he thinks it's going to be. I, I can't remember if he said it about the Cybertruck, but something like Tesla's best product ever is going to yeah. be the Cybertruck. Yeah. Um, hearing you talk about it, it's it's sort of like I can see why that's the case. <laughs> I can see why that could play out that way. Um, yeah. Wow. So so like on the looks portion, you think that's going to be a win long-term? You think that's going to be, it's it's going to prevent it from catching on? No, I think it's it a should. huge, I think it's a huge advantage. Huge okay. advantage. Cybertruck's going to be, there's two vehicles that I equate the the aesthetics to in terms of like iconic. <clears throat> so one is the Beetle. And the other one is a Jeep. And so both of those vehicles are really distinctive. So I, one of the jokes I say is if a, if a gal can identify a vehicle, then, you know, it's iconic because most of the times they're like, that's a beetle. I know that's a beetle and I know mm. that's a Jeep, but th- that's it. You know, now there's, th- don't get me wrong that uh, there's some, there's some auto gals out there. I realize of course, that. Of course. Yeah, in yeah, general, yeah. Um, I won't cancel you Todd. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My point is, is that um, there's, if your design if you're, if what you're bringing, so the Beetle, I think is an amazing story when you think about um, a weird design, because if you go back, I actually been thinking about doing a video on this uh, called when, when ugly worked, when ugly worked or when weird worked, uh, because when VW started advertising in the United States, you got to realize we had spent four years and hundreds of thousands of lives to beat the Germans, right? World War II. Mm-hmm. So here you have not only the enemy, but the weirdest looking vehicle you've ever seen. So how on earth did they manage to, how, how on earth did they manage to come over here in the fifties and start selling those things? Um, and they actually embraced the, the aesthetics and, and they embraced, so it was a very utilitarian vehicle. It was super low cost to produce. It was very simple. Anyone could fix it. And that was how they sold it. It was utilitarian. And they basically, uh, they, they ran a really funny ad um, called uh, It's Ugly, But It Gets You There. And mm. that was like their whole marketing. And Jeeps are very much, they're very, uh, you know, function follows form or form follows function, where they're very, all the design aspects of a Jeep are designed for it to achieve specific purpose. And because that purpose achieves it so well, it's still one of the most popular vehicles ever made. It has some of the best resale values because it's brilliant off-road. I mean, they're just brilliant. There's nothing like a Jeep off-road. And so the Cybertruck is the same way. Its design flows out of some very specific objectives. And one of those is to make it tough. 
Another one is to make it last. So pickup trucks, people buy pickup trucks thinking they're gonna, we we joke and we we say till the wheels fall off. So mm-hmm. you buy a pickup truck thinking you're gonna put a quarter million miles on it. I mean, that's a lot of people do with their trucks. And the Cybertruck is designed to really go well over that because of its stainless steel exoskeleton, very safe, very strong, very simple. And and uh, and I think it's going to be iconic. And so it's people still there are people still that think the Beatles look weird and, and they do. They're very distinctive. But I think because the function is so brilliant. And the fact that the design flows out of the function, it it causes the people that love it to really love it. And so, and that's all you need. You don't need everyone to switch. You're not going to get that. But if you can get 25% of the market, um, you know, that's that's uh, you know, that's a million or eight hundred thousand vehicles right now. And then if you can grow the market, you know, that only want a cyber truck, that you add another whatever. I don't know, 300,000, 400,000. I think the Cybertruck is going to be the most iconic vehicle of our time. Wow. There, it, uh, you cannot not notice it when it's out That's there. So it true. is gripping. It looks like you're in a video game when you yeah. see it out there. How is that not brilliant? You're not yeah. going to be able to tell an F-150 Lightning is electric unless you know trucks and you know vehicles. Won't you know? It won't stand out. But the Cybertruck... It wow. will not be ignored. And so I think that will drive a tremendous amount of curiosity and engagement around uh, Tesla and electric vehicles. Because people are just, people are going to want to, I was watching an interview with a guy who owns a DeLorean. And he said he used to get so irritated because everywhere he parked, he'd come out and there were fingerprints all over his car. Because people just want to touch it. I guarantee freaking to you, the yeah. Cybertruck would be like a DeLorean on steroids. People will just, they will want to come over and look at it and touch it and be like, what? This is crazy. Can I look at it? It's going to be, it's going to be, it's, yeah, it's going to be revolutionary. Wow. It's really, I mean, you're getting me so excited talking about Cybertruck, man. It's like, it's, you know, because when I was reading the the news reports of, oh, it's going to get delayed. And, you know, of course, I'm like, whatever, it's it's inevitable. You know, you, you had the whole COVID thing going on. They're trying to ramp up, you know, Model Y in Austin and Berlin. Berlin's being delayed over and over because of bureaucracy, blah, blah, blah. Like, of course, it's it's obvious. Dude, they now, can't they can... even make regular pickup trucks right now. Right, exactly. So <laughs> no, no one can make cars. so dumb. I'm so irritated by this narrative. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, go to a freaking car light. You can't even get a regular truck. So just shut up. Yeah, but anyway, true. sorry. No, no, no. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, yeah, the the future looks really bright for that vehicle, especially when I, when I hear you really describe all its all its strengths. Um, where where do you see Cybertruck's biggest weakness being? Um, like, where do you think that that if there's one thing that could prevent the Cybertruck to reach its full potential, what what could it be? Um, probably lack of aftermarket support okay if if people can't customize their cyber truck if there's not enough um so the problem is because it's got such a distinctive design you'll have to have aftermarket suppliers that kind of have to go out on a limb a little bit to do because it's not it's not it's not a standardized you know like regular pickup trucks you can do something for a bed and it will work on all the beds like rack systems yeah so 
Sorry. Um, so that would be the biggest thing. Um, if you can't, if you can't mod it, I think that will affect it negatively. If the design is too, so for instance, because it's an exoskeleton, it doesn't have the normal frame underbody frame that regular yeah. trucks have. And people, people have questions about, will you be able to put plows on it? Will you be able to put winches on it? Will you be able to put rack systems on it? Light bars, other things. That's probably the biggest potential weakness for the Cybertruck. Mm -hmm. I don't think for 70% of the buyers, that's going to matter. 70% of the people I think that buy the Cybertruck will just drive it as is like they do with their regular vehicles. But the 30% of the hardcore truck and off-road community, that will be frustrating um, if they can't, if they can't um, upgrade it like they are used to with their regular, uh, with regular trucks. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's it. That's a good one. Okay. Um, you mentioned uh, Cybertruck being the reason why you, you got invested in, in Tesla. So I'm assuming this was around what, 2018, 2019, when they made their first announcement? 2020. First? They announced, they did the reveal in November of 2019. Yeah. I put okay. my reservation in, in January. Okay. Um, so, and so that, that was when I, when I saw yeah, the brilliance of it. That's when I started investing in it. And then, of course, you know, when I started really getting into it, then I started getting more into the stock. But what really got me interested in Tesla initially was the Cybertruck by far. Got it. What was your exposure to Tesla before? Like, what did you think of the company before Cybertruck sort of grabbed you? I thought I, thought I, I thought I mentioned this, that I had I had actually shorted Tesla. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> So yeah, I, I can't remember if, if you and I talked about it offline or not, but I do remember. Okay, you yeah. That. So yeah. okay, probably the, a year before the enemy, the enemy. Now I regret having you on. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, no, I'm a convert. See, that's even more. It's more powerful. That's so true. Yeah. Converted. Um, I think that I I've always been I've always admired Elon Musk's boldness, but I wasn't convinced about Tesla's inevitable success until they really started executing on the model three. Yeah. And I can't remember when the model Y they started executing on that, but that one, that, that got up to production so quickly. And then Shanghai really took off. And so all this was happening. So I had just shorted Tesla on a, based on uh, there's just some investing uh, people that I watched that I respected. And of course, nobody thought, Everyone thought Tesla was headed towards the ash heap when they were in manufacturing hell. Yeah. And um, and so I just picked up on that narrative and didn't really um investigate further. But mm. then I I I ended up closing that out on a moral position because I wanted Tesla to succeed. And mm. I I it's the same reason like I why well, I don't own any oil stocks or tobacco stocks or it's just like I can I understand the rationale. Like I can see that you can make some money on this stuff, but just morally, it's like doesn't matter that I do or don't know. It's just personal. It's like so I I didn't feel right about shorting Tesla just morally. I just was like, I can't do this. I want them to succeed. So I can't bet against them. Um, so I was rooting for them. Uh, but then it, the Cybertruck is when I well, that because the Cybertruck happened sort of in the middle of them having some successes elsewhere. And um, and then the more I got into it, the Cybertruck blew me away 
from an ambition and a design standpoint and from a functionality, I thought, oh my God, this is, there's going to be the world before the Cybertruck and the world after the Cybertruck. Cause it's going to be a, it's going to be a billboard. Uh, you know, it's going to be, people think Tesla is in, in the pop culture today. It's going to be nothing like once the Cybertruck starts showing up, it's just going to polarize people. They're going to want to, they're going to want to engage with the brand. And so I yeah. thought about that and I thought about all the successes and I started, then I really started diving into the numbers and I thought, oh, this is going to be huge. So, yeah. And I got, and wow. you know, and then of course, um, Stephen Mark Ryan was doing his stuff and that kind of got me, his conviction was useful in moving me from cautiously optimistic to more getting more, more bold and, and making bigger yeah. bets. Um, so that he was definitely, uh, his voice was definitely a critical component to my, you know, really getting on board at the level I did during that time period. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Thank you for telling that story. The, the one thing that stands out to me from that is world before Cybertruck, world after Cybertruck and how it's just the, and you talked about the iconic sort of look for it and, you know, I'm trying to think like what other car does Tesla have that has that sort of similar impact and the one it doesn't exist. The closest thing is the Model X Falcon wing doors, right? Yeah, but that's, but that's still you only car. notice that when the doors open and close. Like it's so not true. Yeah. No. And it's a hundred thousand. So yes, it's car. true. Yeah. You know, but, but a Cybertruck is if they come out with a forty thousand dollar car and you it's always looking like it does, then right. that's it's such a different type of impact, right? Yeah. And accessibility. That's great. Look at that. Short convert now on the Tesla side. One of its biggest uh-huh. bulls, it sounds like, from the cyber. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, oh, definitely. Man. That's definitely great. Huge bull. Um, yeah. I know we're a little bit over an hour. Do, do you have a few more minutes uh, so I can ask yeah. you a couple couple fun questions? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I always like to uh, sort of end the interviews with a little bit more uh, like philosophical fun stuff uh, if, if you're up for it. Love it. Awesome. Um, how do you like your eggs? Over medium. Over medium. Okay. Like I mean, I, I eat these other ones too, but that's how I usually yeah. order them. Okay. Actually, I think she likes them over uh, hard. Um, uh, coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Not even close. Coffee. Is that yeah. because of the caffeine or is that because of the taste? No, it's flavor. Yeah. Flavor? Okay. Yeah. I just Have you tried decaf them. or is it just uh, ca- uh, caffeinated? I, I'm not opposed to decaf. We don't usually have it around the house, but okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's just the flavor. I, I, I spent my formative years in Washington state as Starbucks blew up. And okay. so I be, I got converted into a big coffee guy back in my twenties. And so, okay. yeah, ever since then, definitely coffee. Okay. Awesome. Um, do you think that everything's predetermined for us or do you think we have free will? Man, I, I know you asked this question to Joe mm-hmm. um, and I definitely lean towards determinism. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think you said, you know, you said something I, I, in case you asked me this, I was thinking about this. So you said that if you free will is more hopeful, makes you more mm-hmm. feel more hopeful. And I think determinism makes you feel more compassionate um, because I think that you don't, I, I found in general, when, as I look at people, I don't, when they behave in a way that is, unpleasant it's very much more constructive for me not to think that there's an intention behind that that they're they're trying to do harm they're trying to be disruptive they're trying to cause problems and so 
I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a hard determinist, but I lean a lot more towards determinism. And I think that it, it for me, it definitely gives me much more compassion and much less, I'm, I'm more flexible with the way I interpret other people's behavior towards me. Um, and I don't, I don't kind of see everything sort of playing out as if they're, they're trying to do harm or they're trying to be bad. So I thought, I thought I would mention that because I think that's a balance that it does. It's not, it's not an all or nothing thing. There are, there are advantages to having more of a deterministic philosophical framework for interpreting other people's behavior. Um, I don't know how that plays out in terms of how you direct yourself. Obviously I act as if I have free will, um, but like Elon, like you said, and or I think one of you said that in, in the discussion that Elon said, my my brain says determinism and my heart says free will. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when I'm thinking about it, I tend to go to me that I that that's that's I lean towards that one. So yeah. Got it. Great answer. Very insightful. Thank you for that. Um and the candor. I, I love asking that question because it really I think the one thing I'm really trying to do with these talks is like, I, I'm trying to bring out the humanity of, of the people that I talk to. Yeah. It's good. I like it. yeah. So thank you very much for allowing me to get a little bit closer to how you think, man. I, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Um, what's your, what's your favorite part about being alive? Oh man. Um, it's typically around uh, learning and discovery. So I would say just, uh, I, I love to learn. And I love to experience new things, new people, new places, new ideas. And so, yeah, I just, it feels like there's always, there's always something new to learn. There's always something new to discover. So that would probably be, yeah, probably that's my favorite, kind of my favorite part of life. Awesome. Um, And then last one uh, to wrap this thing up. What do you think is humanity's purpose? Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe in kind of a, a broader purpose. Um, I think we, we have to, we sort of choose, we sort of create our own purpose and our own framework. I think if, you know, in one way you could say our purpose is to persevere. Um, so, but there's no, there's not much poetry in that. There's not much beauty in that. So I think, you know, I think we, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm always trying to figure that out. So I don't have a good answer. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a great answer. Uh, <laughs> trying to search for it and we're not really sure. Right. It's um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Todd, thank you so much. Really Thanks appreciate you coming me. on. I had a blast. Uh, really, awesome. you really helped me really helped me get my head wrapped around why Cybertruck uh, could be such a game changing thing. It, you know, it, it always seemed like it was going to be, and you know, Tesla has a track record of hit after hit after hit after hit. Um, and having little knowledge about the the truck uh, side of the segment and sort of how truck buyers think, you've helped me tremendously and and really thinking about that in a much more um, um, well educated way. And I hope the the folks that listen to this discussion uh, feel the same. I think they will. Um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, giving us the time. Uh, you want to uh, sort of give the folks uh, sort of your where they can you know talk to you, view your videos, all that good stuff. Yep, Cybertruck Truck Guy. Um, on YouTube and, um, that's pretty much it. I'm not very active in Twitter or anything else, but, um, I am, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, things, things should be loosening up here. I should be making some more videos here in the near future. So, uh, it's been a little bit of, 
for a lot of reasons. It's been slogging through the last few months, but yeah, that's it. Cybertruck truck guy. Awesome. And then as we get closer to the uh, reveal or, you know, when it gets revealed, mm-hmm. would you be willing to come back and uh, have another chat or anytime oh, yeah. before that? Awesome. 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to see if we do get an update in this next quarterly call. So I'm really hoping yeah. that we get, we yeah. get some additional insight, but I'm not worried about delays. The Cybertruck's going to be a, it's going to be a runaway hit. It's just awesome. is. So. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. Again, right. Todd, thank you so much. We'll see you guys later on the next one. Have a great day and uh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye-bye.